week. See ya. RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top story is there's more international criticism of the arrest of 15 pro-democracy figures, while China slams the comments as interference. An expert says the government shouldn't relax social distancing measures until next month at the earliest. And the government reverses its position on whether Article 22 applies to the liaison office here. The United States has condemned the arrest of at least 15 prominent pro-democracy figures in Hong Kong yesterday on charges relating to mass anti-government protests last year. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said in a statement that Beijing and its representatives in Hong Kong continue to take actions inconsistent with commitments made under the Sino-British Joint Declaration that include transparency, the rule of law and guarantees that Hong Kong will continue to enjoy a high degree of, of autonomy. Britain's Foreign Office and the International Bar Association have also criticized the arrests. But the Office of the Commissioner of the Chinese Foreign Ministry in Hong Kong said police were enforcing the law against those suspected of organizing and participating in unauthorized assemblies and foreign countries have no right to interfere. Meanwhile, the pro-democracy Civil Human Rights Front says the people of Hong Kong won't back down despite yesterday's arrests. In a social media post, the group says it's already applied to police for a planned large-scale march on July the 1st. A respiratory disease expert advising the government on its coronavirus measures says it's too early for the government to lift its social distancing restrictions. Professor David Hay says the measures should stay until next month at the earliest. Aldous Wong has more. Government regulations limiting the number of people gathering in a public place to four, the mandatory closures of various businesses like bars, gyms, cinemas and karaoke's, along with spacing requirements for local restaurants, are all due to expire on Thursday. But Chinese university expert David Hoy told a television interview that he believes the administration will extend all these measures because the government still needs more time to confirm whether the outbreak has indeed been contained here. The number of new infections have been in single digits for the past week, with all recent infections classified as imported cases. Professor Hoy said the safest thing to do would be to relax the rules if no new local infections emerge on the 7th of May, a full 28 days after the last confirmed local case. He said the government could also then consider letting all civil servants go back to work and for schools to reopen. The chairman of the Hong Kong Association of the Heads of Secondary Schools, Teddy Tang, is suggesting a phased approach for all students to return to schools gradually when the coronavirus situation eases, rather than just having secondary school students resuming classes first. Details from Joanna Wong. Teddy Tang says educators are worried about the negative impact the prolonged school closures are having on all students. He said while schools should only reopen when the health situation allows for it, the government should be debating various options. He said while during the 2003 SARS epidemic, the practice was for secondary schools to resume classes first before younger children go back. But now, with online learning much more a part of the curriculum, he suggested that the authorities could consider a different approach to have children of all ages go back to school for some classes over shorter periods while continuing with online classes for the rest. He urged the government to soon hold meetings with stakeholders to form a consensus before deciding on the way forward. 
The SAR government has fully reversed its position in a series of apparently self-contradictory statements over whether basic law restrictions on mainland government departments interfering in local, local affairs apply to Beijing's liaison office here. As Cecil Wong reports, the last statement stressed that the office wasn't set up by a mainland government department, suggesting that Article 22 doesn't apply. The SAR government issued three statements from yesterday to early this morning. The first said the liaison office was one of three organizations set up in Hong Kong by the central government in accordance with Article 22 of the Basic Law. A second statement dropped any mention of Article 22. And a final one issued early this morning then completed the reversal, saying the liaison office is an office set up in the Hong Kong SAR by the central people's government, not offices in the Hong Kong SAR set up by departments of the Central People's Government, as stated in Article 22 of the Basic Law. It's an almost carbon copy of the language used in a statement issued by the Liaison Office itself on Friday. The office had stressed that it, along with the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, aren't departments of the central government to back up its position that the agencies have the right and responsibility to comment on local affairs, and their statements do not constitute mainland interference, as laid out under Article 22. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Chief Secretary Matthew Zhang is warning that the new unemployment figure due to be released tomorrow will likely rise further from the nine-year high of 3.7% during the three months to February. In his blog, Mr. Zhang said the labor market will continue to face severe headwinds in the short term and new graduates will likely find it more difficult to find jobs in the coming months compared with previous years. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare, Law Jikong, has acknowledged that there are gaps in the government's efforts to help workers and the unemployed through the COVID-19 pandemic, but says it's the best they can do right now. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Dr. Laws outlined the measures the administration has taken in its $137 billion anti-epidemic fund to provide support for the unemployed and help businesses retain jobs. These include an $80 billion wage subsidy scheme, one-off payments and sector-specific measures. Though all the schemes I mentioned above still cannot cover everyone in the workforce, this is the best we can do in making use of the existing system so that we can launch this round of anti-epidemic fund in the shortest possible time to help our employers and employees to survive the challenges that are with us now. Any new systems to be built from scratch will not be able to provide the necessary timely support that employers and employees desperately need. A prominent psychiatrist is warning that the economic uncertainty brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, along with the isolating effects of social distancing measures, could bring on a mental health crisis in Hong Kong. Sunny Liu is an associate director from the University of Hong Kong's Center for Suicide Research and Prevention. There are lots of changes, stress and uncertainty that make general public as well as high-risk population facing a tremendous pressure and stress. We anticipate a substantial increase in the psychological problem, especially anxiety, depression, insomnia, and domestic conflict, and even substance and alcohol abuse in this period. President Trump has said China should face consequences if it, if it was knowingly responsible for the coronavirus pandemic. However, he didn't elaborate on what actions the United States might take. This is the latest in a series of statements Mr. Trump and his senior aides have made criticizing China for its alleged lack of transparency at the start of the outbreak. Meanwhile, the president said Texas and Vermont will allow certain businesses to reopen tomorrow. 
Demonstrations have been held in several states against stay-at-home measures imposed there, and Mr. Trump agreed that some state governors were being too strict. There are a lot of protests out there, and uh, I, I just think that some of the governors have gotten carried away. You know, you have a lot of people that don't have to be told to do what they're doing. They've been really uh, doing everything we've asked them. Health experts and some state governors have warned that lifting the restrictions too early could lead to more people becoming infected. South Korea has reported only eight new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, the first time in two months that the country has seen only a single-digit increase in infections. A star-studded concert in honor of medical workers fighting the coronavirus around the world has ended. The televised event, curated by U.S. pop singer Lady Gaga, was broadcast on multiple channels. It featured performances by A-list names, including the Rolling Stones. The BBC's Colin Patterson has the details. The lineup has already led it to be dubbed the Living Room Live Aid and the Wi-Fi Woodstock. The Rolling Stones recorded their parts separately in their own homes and appeared looking like a rock and roll Zoom call. Well, lady Madonna. There was a Beatle via broadband with Sir Paul McCartney playing Lady Madonna on an organ in what looked like his music room. Also, Elton John's piano had been wheeled into his garden. The basketballs beside it were unexpected. To end the news, our top stories once again. There's more international criticism of the arrest of 15 pro-democracy figures while China slams the comments as interference. An expert says the government shouldn't relax social distancing measures until next month at the earliest, and the government reverses its position on whether Article 22 applies to the liaison office here. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. I wanna roll with him on hard pair, we will be. A little gambling is fun when you're with me. The same without a gun And baby when it's love If it's not rough It isn't fun I'll get him hot Show him what I've got Me like nobody.